Along with Scott File on the other side of the glass in the Tulsa Oilers Hockey Studio, I am Colby Daniels, and we head back to the Blitz Hotline and say hello to Nick Harris, covering the Dallas Cowboys with DallasCowboys.com. You can follow him on Twitter, at NickHarrisDC. A very interesting offseason ahead for the boys. Nick, what is happening, my man? Man, not too much. Interesting for sure. I feel like there's a lot of storylines we can dive into here, Colby. I, um, I, I've been kind of spending all day looking at draft scenarios, free agency scenarios. I think there's a lot still uh, uh, left to be open, and I feel like even before we get to all of that, we got to talk about a Dak Prescott contract, right? That's right. That's right. You know what? I'm I I love the I love draft season. I love doing mock drafts. I'm I'm a geek for all of that. This is probably the latest that I've ever really started diving into it after the season. And I think a lot of it is because the heartache, Nick, like the amount of pain I think that the end of this season caused me, it just took me longer to maybe pick myself up off the ground as a Cowboys fan uh, before I was able to, to fully engage in, in quote-unquote draft season or just off season in general. Yeah, yeah, I understand that. I, I don't think you're alone in feeling that sentiment, man. Obviously, we get a pretty good pulse of Cowboys Nation being here in the building every day and, you know, interacting with the media department and, and those people interacting with us. And, I mean, it's, it's definitely taking the fan base a long time to get through. I don't even want to say get over because I don't think it's something you necessarily should get over. It's mainly just get through what happened against Green Bay in the wild card round and try to see a little bit more optimism going into the future. I think, um, you know, Jerry Jones's comments back in Mobile a few weeks ago at the Senior Bowl talking about how he wants to go all in this next season. You know, fans are a little skeptical even about that. They don't know what that looks like because they haven't really seen that under Jerry Jones in the last 30 plus years. So I'm um, very curious to see how this offseason shapes up and how the fans kind of react to it. I think if you go into Oxnard in late July, going into training camp with the same exact products that you left the field with in January or very minimal changes from what you left the field with in January. I'm curious to see how the fans buy in going into the year because, man, you could have an awesome regular season and finish the year, let's say 13-4, and four, and you really don't have a lot of optimism going into the playoffs just because we feel like we've seen that movie play out before. I think perception sometimes can cannot indicate what a reality is, but I think on the heels of the embarrassment that was the end of the season, the perception was that this is one of the the um, deepest coaching carousels that we've ever seen, and for the Cowboys to to flame out the way that they did, and there to be so much just seemingly um, confidence put right back into Mike McCarthy without maybe even the perception of exploring some of these other options, I, I, that has to add to the frustration, I think, to, for a lot of Cowboy fans. Yeah, I, I think so as well, because you talk to the fan base, and I think that's a big part of having the same product that you would take into next season is also having Mike McCarthy. But I, I think from the front office's standpoint, you look at what McCarthy has done since he's been here, and you compare it to the previous regime under Jason Garrett, and you basically went from going 8-8 eight and eight every year to going 12-5 and five every year. Unfortunately, it's still the same, of la uh, same lack of playoff success. I, I think, though, they, they see playoff success in the future with Mike McCarthy. Um, but they, they kind of send him into this fifth year of his contract, basically on a one-year show-me type situation. And, you know, in a team that hasn't really performed well against pressure over the course of the last few seasons, that's going to be the most pressure they've dealt with in a long time. And I would say arguably the most they've dealt with under Dak Prescott since he's been quarterback. So uh, this team is definitely going to have to respond to that. And I think that starts with Mike McCarthy. 
Well, they did hire a new defensive coordinator to replace Dan Quinn. Mike Zimmer comes in, and I don't know that I've heard any sort of negative reaction about this hire specifically. So it seems to be all signs pointing toward a big thumbs up collectively from uh, inside the building and outside the building. Yeah, definitely. I think fans, whenever you were laying out the options of who the defensive coordinator could be, uh, Mike Zimmer was the one that I think uh, most fans wanted. Um, you know, he brings the head coaching experience. He's been here in Dallas. He understands how the front office works. He's, uh, he's understood McCarthy's offense to a, a great extent from his days playing against him in the NFC North. Uh, there's not a lot of negative you can find about Mike Zimmer, I think especially you can see what he can bring from a, um, a secondary perspective and being able to work with these secondary weapons like Trayvon Diggs, Deron Bland, potentially bringing Stephon Gilmore back. What can he do with the safety group as well? What will his scheme look like? I think it's just enough change that the Cowboys fans were looking for from Dan Quinn, but it will also kind of have a lot of the same consistent factors and in, in, in scheme and personnel and things of that nature where the defense doesn't have to do a complete overhaul with a new coordinator. I think it's going to be a really fun transition that we'll be able to follow i think it's a good fit for both sides so what do you make of of jimmy johnson being back in the organization or at least doing some sort of like a consultant type of role i mean to what degree is jimmy johnson going to be involved in any sort of decision making process yeah, I, I, I talked about it this morning on a podcast on DallasCowboys.com. And, you know, I, I think it's very cool that, you know, him and Jerry Jones are able to come together and be able to come to have those conversations and Jerry be able to listen to Jimmy and value his input and hear what he has to say as far as, you know, decisions in Dallas. But I think it's still at the very end of the day, the decision falls upon Jerry Jones and Stephen Jones as far as whatever they decide to do with the team. I think, does Jimmy Johnson's advice play a role? Probably so. But but I wouldn't put a ton of stock into it at the end of the day. I think it's something that, you know, the, the front office can do with Jimmy to value his input. And obviously it's an input that they valued in the early 90s when they first got into the building. And now that these two were able to find uh, come and, and solve their differences and come back together, put them in the ring of honor, it only makes sense to keep him around the uh, organization to do the same thing. I mean, there's a lot of different pl- uh, former players, former coaches that are still around the building and uh, have an influence on day-to-day operations. Charles Haley is here throughout the season working with the defensive line group, but he basically just comes in to film study once a week and then tells the team what he sees. And they're basically, he's basically like, hey, y'all can take this or y'all can not. It's just what I see. And we can just kind of go from there. You know, we've seen uh, Michael Irvin pop in every once in a while. So it's, it's more so just that, having those former champions that were once here in the building, they know how to win here, uh, bring their input in and try to value it as much as they can. Nick Harris is our guest with DallasCowboys.com, and you can find all of his content there. Uh, follow him on Twitter as well, at NickHarrisDC. Uh, in terms of, of player personnel and roster decisions, I want to start with Dak Prescott, and you mentioned the contract. Like I'm of the opinion that whether Dak is your long-term solution or you're looking to maybe move out from him at some point, you kind of have to extend him either way, right, and restructure the money even if you – are ready to end the Dak Prescott experience. Yeah, and I don't get the sense that the front office is ready to end that experience. But even if they were, yeah, that's a great that's a great point. You have to be able to move this contract around. The, the cap it is just too large going into 2024. I believe it's somewhere in the range of 58 and 59 million. I mean, you you need to be able to restructure that and and extend that out over the course of the next few years. And I, I think with the season that Dak is coming off of. 
the front office is much more, um, uh, they're much more confident going into this contract extension talks and being able to extend him out for, you know, three, four years, as opposed to maybe a two year type type deal that, you know, maybe we would have, we would have thought about last off season, but you know, this time around there's, there's an opportunity to extend that out and, they trust in Dak for the future. And, you know, I, I think a lot of fans too have a lot of pause about Dak still being here for the next half decade. And if, you know, that's the right decision, but man, the, the best thing that I can tell Cowboys fans is, Hey, you need to prepare for it. And I don't think that there's, that's necessarily, you know, a crutch towards what this team can accomplish over the course of the next half decade. But uh, yeah, I, that contract I would assume has to get done first before free agency even thinks about happening. You have to know how much money you're dealing with going into 2024 and uh, being able to restructure Dak's contract. That plays a big role in that. Now that we have moved into the franchise tag window, uh, is is there a guy on the roster that you think makes sense in terms of the franchise tag this season? Yeah, six years in a row this franchise has choose the uh, franchise tag. I don't see it happening this year. Uh, you look at 16 free agents going into the uh, offseason, I don't see any of those 16 having the market value of a top five pay player at their position for the Cowboys to throw a tag on them. I think the only one you could even maybe think about is the long snapper, Trent Sig. But other than that, I, I think, um, you know, you look at Tony Pollard, you're not going to pay him top five money. Tyron Smith, Tyler Biotish, Stephon Gilmore, Jonathan Hankins, all of those guys, great players and all of those guys, that they will have discussions about bringing back, but I just don't see them paying top five money for those guys for one year deal. So what is the, the future for Tony Pollard in Dallas look like? Yeah, that's a great question. And I think that's probably the biggest question that will have to be answered over the course of the next few weeks. Actually, just sent in a uh, article piece about how the running back picture is going to determine so much this off season and especially with draft strategy, because you have three different options. From my point of view, you have the option of bringing Tony Pollard back, and then going and getting a running back in the third or fourth round, if you're able to pick up a fourth round pick somewhere in the third or fourth round to be able to compliment him and work him uh, work together for on a team friendly two year deal. That's probably what you would be looking for. If you're bringing Pollard back, um, if you're not bringing him back, then you're going out in free agency and you're looking for a guy like Zach Moss or even a Josh Jacobs. If you're trying to swing high or a Derrick Henry and try to pair him with a, maybe a day three running back to be able to, you know, work in a rookie behind an established veteran, in uh, a back that'll be able to come in and be able to handle that that load from day one and then option three is to do neither sign neither tony pollard or a a free agent and you just kind of hope you can hit in uh on in the draft in round two or in round three and then you kind of work a complimentary back role with a guy like rico dowdle who is going into the offseason as an unrestricted free agent or deuce vaughn or malik davis i think that third option probably scares fans the most whenever i talk to them and that probably scares me the most too but i i think free agency i'd be shocked if uh, uh, the dallas cowboys don't come away with Tony Pollard or another uh, starting caliber veteran running back when you hear when you hear the term going all in you know I think you could probably like look at what the salary cap maybe uh, looks like for your team but you kind of have to throw that out the window don't you because you have the ability to restructure deals to, to fit whatever ultimately you're able to do from a move standpoint yeah, and this front office has been pretty good with being able to, you know, manage the cap and, and create some room in some areas that, you know, we may have not even expected going into the year. I mean, they break that down. They have people in the building that, you know, their sole purpose is to be able to break that kind of stuff down and, and find ways to, you know, create more cap room. I, I don't think cap is going to necessarily be a big issue unless they can't get a, an extension done for Dak Prescott before free agency. I think that's the only scenario 
where you possibly see some things uh, get a little, you know, hasty as far as, okay, do we have enough to sign this guy? Can we bring this guy in? Will he maybe do a team friendly deal? But I, I truly think Dak and his extension gets done before March 11th. It's, it's almost a necessity for both sides. CeeDee Lamb's getting paid, right? Yeah, you would have to assume so, right? I mean, after the season that he had. And, and that's an interesting one. And that one I don't expect to happen before free agency. I think that's one that we start toying with whenever we're in Oxnard or right before the season starts because it, it look, you look at it from CeeDee's perspective. You're looking at Justin Jefferson, you're looking at Jamar Chase, and you're even looking at Mike Evans, too. I know that's not a young guy necessarily, but that's another guy that's entering this wide receiver market as a free agent. Uh, and you just kind of wait to see how those deals play out. And maybe Jamar or Justin Jefferson reset the receiver market, and you're able to jump in after those two guys and get the bigger deal. Um, but you look at it from the team's perspective, you're like, hey, we'd like to get this done before these other guys get signed so that we're not resetting the market with you. So I, I think there might be a little bit of negotiations going on there. We talked to Jerry Jones and Stephen Jones a few weeks ago, and those conversations have been ongoing since last offseason. And I, I think that's the extension that probably gets done this offseason, and then we focus on Micah Parsons next offseason. So I am not necessarily a fan of drafting for need, but I, you know we always get to this part of the year and you talk about draft needs. So I guess I'll phrase my question this way. If all things are equal in, early in the draft, day one, day two, what, what would the draft needs be? If all things are equal, so basically being um, if all the positions were equal for the Cowboys roster going into the draft? If, if all the players on the board were, were graded equal, right? Like you're not – there's see. not like the no-brainer where you don't need him, but you're pulling the trigger on him anyway because he's the best player. Like if all – yeah, if all things are equal, uh, where where would the needs be? What what would you be addressing? Yeah, that's interesting. I, I think it would be somewhere on the offensive line for sure. Um, depending on what they do with Tyron Smith or uh, and or Tyler Biotish, whether they bring one of those guys back, none of those guys, or both of those guys, there's still a need for offensive line that you've got to have early. And you 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 hope to get that in round one. If you can't get that then, then you're going to have to get it in round two. Um, we saw what happened with the depth last year whenever Tyron Smith went down. Or, you know, you think about the Arizona game when three starting offensive linemen were out and they just could not run the football or, or get things really going from that perspective. Um, you, you want a reliable depth option, but also a guy who is ready to take over if Tyron Smith does come back, a guy that is ready to take over whenever he eventually does retire, which could happen, you know, at any year at this point. Um, so I, I think being able to develop a young tackle, that's probably the biggest, biggest need. Um, but you could also look at a, a position like running back. I, that's, that's when we talked about, you know, second or third round, you know, that, that looks like a realistic option depending on what happens in free agency. And then you look at corner as well, you know, Stefan Gilmore, he's, he's in the latter as stages of his career. If they decide to bring him back on a one or two year type deal. But, um, I, I think those are probably the three positions I look at right off the top. Mozzie Smith was the first round pick a year ago. And by the end of the year, I mean, he didn't look like a nose tackle at all. Um, what is, what is the overall feeling about what he's going to be like in year two? Yeah, that's, I think that's a great question. And I think everyone's just kind of waiting to see what he does this off season. This is a really important off season for Mozzie Smith. Not only, coming off of the, uh, the the criticism that he dealt with in his rookie year, but also the weight loss that he had 
uh, towards the end of the season. And I mean, I, I've told this story a couple of times, but I was uh, watching as players were arriving to the field in Buffalo. I believe that was week 14 or whatever it was in December. And every, it was a cold day, obviously. So everyone was really bundled up. It was really tough to tell who was who. And uh, whenever Monty Smith was walking up, I thought he was Sam Williams until he got right up in my face. And I was able to see the facial structure. And Sam Williams is 280 pounds. And so whenever I saw that, I was like, oh, yeah, my goodness, Monty has lost some weight. So yeah. I, I think he's going to have to be able to not only add weight, but add weight and muscle, add weight and strength. But be the, the technique's going to be the biggest thing with him, man. And I think um, whoever comes in that can be able to unlock what Mozzie Smith can do from getting off the ball and being able to do what he can from that perspective, it's going to be really big for him. And I, they have a host of different uh, defensive assistants that have been hired in the last week. I think that's going to be one of their bigger tasks going into uh, this season to be able to help Mozzie Smith in year two. Nick, like I said at the beginning, I think it's going to be an interesting offseason. I know you are going to have your hands full covering the Dallas Cowboys, but we always appreciate your time, and we'll have to catch up again before long. Man, absolutely, anytime. That is Nick Harris covering the Dallas Cowboys with DallasCowboys.com. Follow him on Twitter, at NickHarrisDC. Always appreciate Nick's time and informing us of everything Dallas Cowboys. We'll take a timeout, and we're back in a moment on the Blitz 1170 and streaming on the Blitz 1170 app. 